Part One, Chapters One through Five of Out of the Shadow. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Celine Major. Out of the Shadow by Rose Cohen. Part One, Chapter One. I was born in a small Russian village. Our home was a log house, covered with a straw roof. The front part of the house overlooked a large, clear lake, and the back, open fields. The first time I became aware of my existence was on a cold winter night. My father and I were sitting on top of our red brick oven. The wind whistling through the chimney and rattling the ice-covered windows frightened me, and so I pressed close to my father and held his hand tightly. He was looking across the room where mother's bed stood curtained off with white sheets. Every now and then I heard a moan coming from the bed, and each time I felt father's hand tremble. Appearing and disappearing behind the bed curtains, I saw my little old great aunt in a red quilted petticoat and white close-fitting cap. Whenever she appeared and caught father's eye, she smiled to him, a sweet crooked smile. Finally, I recall hearing a few sound slaps, followed by a baby's cry and aunt calling out loudly, "'It's a girl again!' About three years passed. With my little sister as companion, I recall many happy days we spent together. In the summer we picked field mushrooms at the back of the house, or played near the lake and watched the women bleaching their linens. I was happiest in the morning when I first went out of doors. To see the sunshine, the blue sky, and the green fields filled my soul with unspeakable happiness. At such moments I would run away from my little sister— hide myself in a favorite bush and sit for a while listening to the singing of the birds and the rustling of the leaves. Then I would jump up and skip about like a young pony and shout out for pure joy. In the winter we cut and made doll's clothing. Father was a tailor, and as soon as we were able to hold a needle, we were taught to sew. Mother taught us how to spin, grandfather made toys out of wood for us, and grandmother told us stories. These were the pleasant days during the winter but there were others days that were cold and dark and dreary when we children had to stay a great part of the time on top of the oven and no one came not even a beggar but when a beggar did come our joy was boundless i remember that grandfather would hasten to meet the poor man as we called him at the door with a hearty handshake and a welcoming smile saying peace be with you brother take off your knapsack and stay overnight Mother would put on a fresh apron and begin to prepare something extra for supper. And Grandmother, who was blind, and always sat in bed knitting a stocking, would stop for a moment at the sound of the stranger's voice to smooth the comforter on her bed. Her pale face, so indifferent a minute before, would light up as if with new life, while we children, fearing if seen idle, to be rebuked and sent into a distant corner from where we could neither see nor hear the stranger, would suddenly find a dozen things to do. On such a night after supper there was something of a holiday spirit in our home. We would light the lamp instead of a candle and place it on a milk jug in the center of the table. Then we all sat around it, grandmother with her knitting, mother with her sewing, all of us listening eagerly to the stories the stranger told. But more surprised than even any of us children about the wonderful things going on in the world was grandfather. He would sit listening with his lips partly open and his eyes large with wonder every now and then he would call out ah brother i never would have even dreamt such things were possible 
at bedtime grandfather would give up his favorite bed the bench near the oven to the stranger mother would give him the largest and softest of her pillows and grandmother would give him a clean pair of socks to put on in the morning the next day after he was gone we felt as after a pleasant holiday when we had to put on our old clothes and turn in to do the everyday things yes i recall happy days and sad days days of sorrow which then were very real across the road from our home about a quarter of a block to the left was a cemetery over each grave stood a wooden cross and about the middle of each one there were tied little aprons of red green and yellow material on windy days i loved to watch these fluttering in the wind and whenever i looked through half-closed eyes they took form and became like coloured birds hovering over the graves one windy day at dusk i went out to the middle of the road to watch the little aprons flying in the breeze and saw something red lying on the road near the cemetery i guessed it to be an apron blown away by the wind how beautiful my doll would look in one of these thought i but how could i get it i was in mortal fear of the cemetery although mother had often pointed out how peacefully the dead slept and had said that she wished the living were as little to be feared i never went near them but now i wanted the little red apron for my doll the longer i looked at it the more i wanted it finally i decided to risk getting it slowly step by step i walked toward it keeping my eyes on the graves and repeating softly to myself to keep up courage there is nothing to fear there is nothing to fear until i reached it when i had it in my hand i stood still for a moment the very thought of turning my back on the dead made my hair stand on end i walked backwards a few steps suddenly i turned and ran as i ran i felt my heart beating violently against my ribs my feet were as heavy as lead and the distance to the house seemed endless but i ran fast so fast that when i reached the door i could not stop i fell against it it flew open and i fell headlong into the house mother came running over to pick me up when i regained my breath i told her what had happened and showed her the little apron which i still held in my hand as usual sister who wanted everything she saw and to whom i was made to give in because she was younger came over and asked for it and as usual i refused she tried to snatch it from my hand but i pushed her away she fell and struck her head against the bench then father came over with a strap and told us to kiss each other or we should be spanked mother looked at me with tears in her eyes knowing no doubt what would happen and she left the room grandmother called to me to hide behind her back but i would not do that my sister looked at me then at the strap and came over to kiss me but i could not at such moments neither would i let her kiss me so i was spanked and the little apron was taken away from me and given to her Chapter 2 When I was about eleven years old, there were five of us children. One day father went to town and came back with a stranger, who, we were told, would teach us to read and write. Our teacher was a young man of middle height, thin, dark, and pale. He had an agreeable voice, and when he sang it was pleasant to hear him. When we did our lessons well, his eyes brightened and his tightly closed lips would relax a little. But when we did poorly, he was angry and would scold us as soon as i learned how to read i would sit for hours and read to my grandmother besides the bible we had a few religious books i read these again and again and became very devout 
i read the morning noon and evening prayers and sometimes i fasted for half a day then i became less stubborn and the quarrels between sister and myself became less frequent one day father left home on a three days journey when he returned he did not look like himself his face was pale and he seemed to be restless during the three days that followed father went out only at night i also noticed that mother collected all of father's clothes and as she sat mending them i often saw her tears fall on her work on the third night i awoke and saw father bending over me he wore his heavy overcoat his hat was pulled well over his forehead and a knapsack was strapped across his shoulders before i had time to say a word he kissed me and went to grandmother's bed and woke her up i'm going away mother she sat up rubbed her eyes and asked in a sleepy voice where to america father whispered hoarsely for a moment there was silence then grandmother uttered a cry that chilled my blood my mother who sat in a corner weeping went to her and tried to quiet her the noise woke grandfather and the children we all gathered around grandmother's bed and i heard father explaining the reason for his going he said that he could not get a passport for a reason i could not understand at the time and as no one may live in russia even a week without a passport he had to leave immediately his explanation did not comfort grandmother she still sat crying and wringing her hands after embracing us all father ran out of the house and grandfather ran after him into the snow with his bare feet when he returned he sat down and cried like a little child i spent the rest of the night in prayer for a safe journey for my father chapter three as father's departure to america had to be kept secret until he was safe out of russia we had to bury our sorrow deep in our own hearts and go about our work as if nothing unusual had happened mother and i sat at the window sewing and grandfather found relief in chopping wood all day long his axe flashed in the sun and ships flew far and near and even grandmother's tears which were always ready were kept back now as she sat on her bed knitting a stocking and rocking the cradle with one foot while sister seemed to be everywhere at once it was then and for the first time that i realized something of her real worth those soft gray eyes of hers seemed to see every one's needs when grandmother put her feet down on the floor and felt about for her slippers it was sister who would find them and stick them on her toes the same little woman of eight kept a little brother of five and a sister of two playing quietly in a corner and even when they were hungry she would not let them disturb mother but would cut some thick slices of black bread dip them into water sprinkle them with salt and taking a bite of her slice she would close her eyes and say mmm what delicious cake in the evening after supper when grandfather would sit down near the stove staring sadly into the fire she would climb up on his knee and plait his long grey beard into braids soothed by her gentle touches and childish prattle he would fall asleep and forget his troubles for a while chapter four so the days passed one morning mother went to the post office and when she came back she looked as if she had suddenly aged she took a postal card from her pocket and we all bent our heads over it and read i have been arrested while crossing the border and i am on my way home walking the greater part of the way if we pass through our village i shall ask the officer to let me stop home for a few minutes be brave and trust in god at the news more tears were shed in our house than on the day of atonement 
that night after the doors were barred and the windows darkened grandmother grandfather and mother with a three weeks old baby in her arms sat in the niche of our old chimney making plans to defeat the czar of russia the next day mother sent grandfather away on a visit he was not a person to have around in case of trouble for the very sight of brass buttons put him into such fright and confusion that he would forget his own name after he was gone mother went to town to see her brother and arrange for the escape then there was nothing left to do but wait for father's homecoming i remember that i used to run out on the road many times a day to see if he were coming one afternoon we were all startled at hearing someone stamping the snow off her feet at our door i ran to the window and looked out it was only yana a woman known in our village to be very clever and religious but unkind i wondered at her coming for i knew that she and mother were not on friendly terms she came into the house and walking straight over to mother who was bending over the cradle she said in her usual voice which was like a drake's soft and hoarse your husband is arrested i just saw him on the road mother became so pale and looked so ill that i thought she would fall but the next minute i saw her straighten herself and putting her arm over the cradle as if to protect it she said quietly and distinctly yana i hope you will live to carry better news when yana passed me on her way out of the house i thought her face looked more yellow than usual and her black large teeth further apart after the woman was gone mother put on a cheerful face and busied herself laying the cloth and setting food on the table and grandmother put on her best apron father's last gift and sat down near the table with her hands folded in her lap waiting we children stood at the window looking out soon we saw father open our gate he was closely followed by yonko the sheriff in his grey fur cap which he wore summer and winter and grey coat tied with a red girdle father was limping and when he came nearer i saw how greatly he had changed his face was thin and weather-beaten and his eyes had sunk deep into his head at sight of us near the window his lips twitched but the next moment we saw his own old smile light up his whole face our greeting and our conversation were quiet and restrained when father sat down at the table he said that he was very hungry but after taking a few mouthfuls he fell asleep the peasant who sat near the stove resting his elbows on his knees and turning his cap between his hands rose and wanted to wake father oh let him sleep a little while mother entreated impossible said yonko the roads are bad and we have to be in the next village before night falls well then just let him sleep until i bathe his feet the man consented father's boots were worn and wet through and were hard to get off but he never woke while mother tugged away at them at last they were off and the socks also thank god that his mother is blind she whispered covering her face for a moment father's feet were red blistered and swollen as she lifted them into the basin i saw her tears falling into the water when i looked at yonko he turned away quickly and became interested in a crack in the ceiling our parting like our greeting was restrained father embraced grandmother then he smiled a quick farewell from the door and was gone sister and i ran out on the road and stood watching him until he looked a black speck against the white snow then we ran back to the house she to help and i to pray chapter five with the exception of grandmother i was the most pious and the most superstitious member of the family in sickness or trouble while the others turned to do practical things i appealed to god for help so it was on the day when father was led away to the next village 
knowing that he was to attempt an escape that very night i felt that there was no time to be lost better to concentrate my mind on my prayers i climbed up on the stove and sat down in the darkest corner facing the wall to shut out the children's voices i stuck my fingers into my ears and began to pray but i could not put any heart into it i felt however that if only i could pray with all my heart and soul god would hear me in despair therefore i let my mind dwell on my father again i saw him weather-beaten and careworn limping through the gate again i saw his lips twitch as when he tried to smile to us from the window then i recalled stories of cruelty to those who served in the army i remembered yonko a strong young peasant telling grandfather how he had been treated one day for some slight offence he was struck such a powerful blow on the ear that he fell unconscious father will never survive such a blow thought i once he goes to the army we will never see him again how dark and desolate our home will be with a pang of remorse i recalled how often i had been discontented only a while before i remembered having sulked for hours merely because i had no shoes of my own and had to wear out old ones which were much too large and made an awful clatter as i walked how sinful i had been to be discontented when we were all well and father was with us o oh god if thou wilt spare my father i will never wish for anything again never complain when i rose it was dark the children were all in bed and except for the squeak of the cradle as it swung back and forth all was quiet i knew that it was mother who sat up rocking the cradle i longed to speak to her of the hope i felt but feared in case my feelings were deceiving me after all i think it was the next day that a message came telling us that father had escaped from the constable in the next village that was joy indeed though limited for father was still on russian soil and could be recaptured any minute and so while we were waiting fearing hoping another week or so passed two things i recall distinctly of that time grandmother believing children to be prophets often asked us to predict the future one day she asked my brother a little serious-faced wide-awake boy of six who looked upon himself as one of the future great rabbis tell me my child will father reach america safely yes he said with so much conviction in his voice that her face lit up with hope from that moment she was more cheerful the second thing is that there was an awful storm and the snow lay piled up almost as high as our windows but on friday it cleared the sun came out bright and warm it is a good sign that it cleared in honour of sabbath said grandmother turning her pale thin face hopefully to the window that afternoon we saw the mistress of the inn and post-office walking up to her waist in snow coming toward our house nothing but a letter would bring her here on a day like this mother cried and rushed out of the house when she came back she had a letter but she stood in the middle of the room holding it in her hand as though she feared to open it look said the postmistress pointing to the postmark it was stamped mamel prussia mother ran to grandmother and they embraced and stood so long and so silently with their faces hidden from us that we children were frightened and begged them to speak to us then mother turned and caught us all into her arms with a cry of joy while grandmother raised her tear-stained face to heaven in silent prayer end of chapter five